Hello, everyone. My name is Linda Killian. I'm a teaching pastor at New Covenant Christian Church in Wilkesboro, North Carolina, and you are listening to Inspire. Today, we begin podcast number six of the series called Plans, and it will be our last in the story of Joseph. When we ended last time, Pharaoh has put Joseph in charge of everything. Joseph prepared for the famine, and there's been seven years of plenty, and we pick up our story today toward the end of the seven years of famine. Let's get into our story and see what's happening. Joseph is in his place, his where place that matters. He's standing at his podium, listening to the ones who come daily to buy grain from Egypt, and now his brothers have shown up to ask for grain. They have no idea who he is. But it says in Genesis that when they bowed before Joseph, it's at that moment Joseph remembered the dreams that he had as a boy. Their stalks of wheat bowing to his, the moon and the stars bowing to his. Knowing who they are, he decides to toy with them a bit. He first accuses them of being spies in the land and questions their motives, and then he turns around and has them stay for lunch. They can't figure out why this obviously high-ranking official would have them stay for lunch and eat at his own table. Joseph has his servants to plant a gold cup and one of the money bags they used to pay for their grain back into one of the bags, and then Joseph sends his brothers on their way. Joseph then sends his guards out to stop them on the road and search their bags. They find the gold cup and the money bags. His brothers are so totally confused as to how this could be in their bag, but they're immediately brought back to Joseph. As they're standing there, Joseph hears them talking among themselves. And of course, Joseph knows their language. Reuben says to the others, This is payback for what we did to Joseph, because we did a wicked thing. And when Joseph overhears them, he turns to the side and wept. Joseph then has them put into prison, and they're claiming their innocence, and they're fearful of their lives and what's going to happen to them. But Joseph keeps them in prison three days, simply to put them in fear and for them to examine their own hearts, just as he had to do when they threw him in the pit. After three days, Joseph chooses Simeon to stay in prison and sends the rest of them home with the grain. But he tells them, I'll release your brother when you bring your youngest brother, Benjamin, to meet me. And after you do this, I'll know you're not spies. They reach their homeland and they tell their father, Jacob, all that's happened, where Simeon is, and that they must bring Benjamin back to Egypt to prove they're not spies. When they opened their grain sacks, each sack held the money bag that they gave the Egyptians to pay for the grain. And when they see this, they're so fearful of what's going to happen to them. Jacob is grieved because he's now got to let Benjamin go back with them. All his children have to go. When they return to Egypt with Benjamin, Simeon is brought up out of prison, and they are reunited with Joseph. Then Joseph gives them the news that Benjamin is going to be staying in Egypt with him. His 
brothers begin to tell Joseph, we, we cannot leave Benjamin here with you. Our father will die. There were two sons that my father had with Rachel, and the oldest one died, and only Benjamin is left from her. Our father will not let the child out of his sight. If we go back and tell him that he did not come home with us, he will die right then and there. At that moment, Joseph cannot hold it back any longer. He turns, he sends his servants out of the room, and he reveals to them who he is. I am Joseph, your brother. And I left a silence right there because can you imagine the silence at that moment? They cannot believe it. Can you imagine the thoughts that are going through their minds? Can you imagine the emotions flooding them right now? They feel caught and at the same time relieved and at the same time scared for their own lives. And also, what's their father going to do to them when he finds out not only what they did to Joseph, but what about what they did to him? The grief they have let their father endure over these many years. They have watched him in torment and they did nothing to take that burden off of him. But instead, they held a lie and watched their father grieve day after day. They're looking at this painted, hairless man and it's not the Joseph they threw in the pit. He's second in command in all of Egypt. Joseph is in charge now, and their fate rests in him. But here we see another foreshadowing of Jesus. Joseph stretched out his arms and said, Come to me. He embraced his brothers, loved on them, kissed them, and forgave their debt. Jesus calls that grace and mercy for us. Pharaoh is told of this wonderful news, and he tells Joseph to bring his father, his entire family, to Egypt to live, to eat at his table each day, to have plenty of pasture for their livestock. So Joseph sends them back home to bring his father and all that they own to Egypt. As they're coming to Egypt, Joseph goes out halfway to meet them. What a beautiful picture his father Jacob sees, that Joseph is really alive. The scripture says Jacob's blood came back to him and he was renewed in years. The years of Jacob's mourning and grief have now left. A renewed youth has returned as they eat from the king's table, as their wives and children and livestock are now saved to live in this beautiful, flourishing land because the famine is over and it's over in so many ways. After Jacob dies, at a good old age, Joseph's brothers start to worry. They sold Joseph out many years ago, but they were never punished by Joseph for it. Now their father is dead. He can't protect them. So they send word to Joseph that their father did not want Joseph to kill them after his death. Now doesn't that sound like the law? Always having to pay for your past? But Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Joseph has his brothers brought to him, and this is what he says to them from Genesis 50, verse 20. You thought evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result. 
and to keep many people alive. Joseph had no revenge in him because he was all in God's plan. This was Joseph's where, and not just for him and his family, but for the entire world that was saved through him, the grain for bread he provided. Our type and shadow of Jesus, who hung on a cross and said aloud, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Just like Joseph, who knew all of his trials, all of his struggles had purpose and meaning. He could look back over his past and see this was God preparing him for his place, for his where that mattered. Jesus, his desire was to obey his Father's will, and the people who persecuted him he forgave while hanging on the cross. And he made sure all was forgiven when he died for every sin, our past, our present, our future sins. This is such a beautiful story of how God takes us, molds us, and makes us into a beautiful vessel of use. We may not understand all of the pressure being applied, but stay in your process. It will guide you to your where. God is for you. Stay the course. Be a finisher. Be a finisher in the author and the finisher of our faith, our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this series on Joseph. I pray that you were blessed. I'll be bringing you more podcasts soon, and we'll discover together just how much we are loved. But until we're together again, I want you to remember that God is absolutely crazy about you.